0: first official episode of The Anonymous Bartender, a podcast for the battle-weary bartenders and servers looking for that shared experience. Before I get started into today's podcast, I just want to do a huge shout out to all the bartenders that have served me drinks, from the really, really good bartenders to the ones who still have no idea what goes into a Jack and Coke. Trust me, that's a whole story in itself. But without you, this wouldn't be possible, so thank you for serving me drinks and letting me work alongside you all these years. Well, putting the concept together, many people have asked me why am I calling it the anonymous bartender? There's a lot of things, there's a lot of elements going on to that. One of them is that part of me wants to keep some of myself anonymous for a little while. Over time, you'll get little tidbits about myself and to figure out where I'm from, what I do, and things like that. But I want that little bit of anonymity to still be there um, as I start this. The other reason is it's not solely about me, so you don't need to know entirely about me every single time. Another reason that this is called the anonymous bartender is because of the facade we as bartenders put on to our customers. We go to work and we try to be ourselves, but ultimately we know that sometimes we have to alter our personalities a little bit as we approach a customer. Not all customers are the same, and no matter what you try and do, you have to have something that charms each and every one of them to sit at your bar, to enjoy their experience, to pay you, hopefully they tip you, and on a really good day, you know they're gonna come back a second time because they wanna see you the bartender again. But when we do this, we have to step away from ourselves a little bit. We're creating a little bit of a mask, this facade that we put on for each individual customer we change over and over again and I like to think that we make a color-changing chameleon look like an amateur by the end of a shift because you have to think of it this way if you've got a steady shift and you've got ten different customers or groups at your bar you've got about ten different versions of yourself running around that room all at the same time with practice you've molded and crafted these personalities to appeal to each table so that they enjoy their experience with you and you hope that the good ones come back You'll even take the ones that are really bad to come back, but you're not going to do it without cussing under your breath when you see them at the table again. And with all these versions running around, it's, it's a wonder you kind of don't run into yourself. And when you finally put all those versions of you back into yourself and sit down at the end of the shift for that one measly shift drink the house buys you, no wonder you're so goddamn tired. You've just had every inch of you spread out among a room, and it comes screaming back to you into this one little ball of energy, you're going to be exhausted. So it's no surprise that sometimes when you clock out, you're in a good mood, but at other times you clock out and you're that bitter asshole everybody wants to go home. If you really need an example of this, I always say go watch the movie Waiting and Naomi. Naomi makes me laugh because out of all the characters on that movie, I can connect with her because in the kitchen she's this raging bitch and she's mad and she's angry because she's been doing this for so long. But the moment she turns that corner and she hits the floor, she's that fake, over-exaggerated smile. Granted, I've never had to do that fake, over-exaggerated smile, but you get the idea that you have to be kind of two different people. And you know that the kitchen world versus the restaurant world are two totally different places at the same time. So finally, in thinking about why this is the anonymous bartender, I can't tell you how many places I've been that I've had these amazing bartenders, but for the life of me, I have no idea what their names are. I guarantee that many of my customers don't remember my name either, so it works both ways. So it's kind of the anonymous bartender because at one time or another, we are all that anonymous bartender. We are all that one person that someone may forget or may remember just a little bit about us. So in thinking about it, I have to tell you about, I think, my favorite bartender I ever encountered. And he's obviously an anonymous bartender because I can't remember his name. I found him one day in D.C. I was at a little dive bar across from Capitol Hill. Long time ago, I was aspiring to be a history professor. Well, that's not off the table. It's definitely delayed. Well, while I was in D.C., I'm doing a little research at the Library of Congress, and halfway through, like these old documents that was yielding absolutely nothing of what I needed, I'd kind of had enough. It's a dull, quiet room. You're not really allowed to talk to anybody. you got to wear gloves, yellow, old, smelly documents. It's just it's kind of a bore of a room unless you're really diehard into the stuff. And I knew the weather was really nice outside, so I just was not feeling my research day. So I clocked out of doing that, grabbed my stuff, and I started to walk down the road a little bit. And as I'm going down the street, I've got tons of people passing me and everybody in their stuffy suits and politics and hot air everywhere. And I walk past a bunch of bars. Well, didn't see anything I really wanted to go into. I didn't see a menu I really liked. Um, and I walked around a corner and I find this dark, kind of dingy dive bar. And when you walk in the door, you've got the most ragtag crew you've ever seen. You've got a couple of naval officers, a couple of just random Joes hanging out. There is this lady, uh, about, you know, five, six, five, seven, real skinny. She's in a summer dress. She's got a short, um, blonde bob cut and she's dancing around to the music on the jukebox, which is playing some song from the 70s. She's got an umbrella in her hand and she's just dancing around. And the only thing I can assume about her is that this umbrella is to keep the sun out because there's no there's no clouds. There's no rain. But either way, she's dancing around with her umbrella in this dive bar. There's the bartender. And he's an older gentleman. And he's back there and he's wearing the white shirt with the black vest, kind of old timey. He's polishing a a glass, like, I, I can't make this up. It's like walking into a bad movie. But here he is. He's back there and kind of looking around and wondering if I really should be in there. I'm kind of a fish out of the water at that point. And the bartender looks at me and says, what can I do for you? Well, automatically, I'm so screwed. I've made contact. The bar knows I'm there and I've, you know, he's made contact. I have two choices. I could look and say I'm in the wrong place and run the hell out the door and go back to one of those bars that looked, you know, very commercial and boring. Or I can sit down and take my chances. Well, I panic and I sit down and I take my chances. Worst stools ever. They're the fixed stools, the padding's falling off of them, they're sticky, they're gross, like dive bar, dive bar. So gross. He goes, what are you drinking? Uh, Jack and Coke. I'll take Jack and Coke, which is normally what I drink, but, uh, you know, I wasn't gonna try and be fancy or anything. So he pulls out a huge glass, pours Jack all the way up to the top, spritzes in a little Coke for some aftertaste, puts that in front of me. Alright, that's gonna be an expensive drink, it's DC, but hey, I'm getting drunk. Puts some drink in front of me, goes, oh yeah, I gotta ID you. You know, Washington DC, 100%. Alright, fine, whatever. Hand him my ID. He walks over to the end of the bar where these naval officers are sitting, he goes, hey boys, look at this! Gals from Wyoming. Ever meet anybody from Wyoming? Yeah, no, no. We just know it's a state. We know it's out there. And they look at me and say, you're really from Wyoming? Yeah, that's what my license says. It's where I'm from. Oh well, okay. Brings me my license back. Throws a cocktail napkin down. Asks if I want some food. I said, yeah, sure. He goes, alright, you look like a burger girl. I'll give you a burger, medium rare. Cheddar cheese or Swiss cheese? Before I even answer, he's like, Cheddar cheese. I'll give you fries. All right, well, I guess I'm eating a burger with fries. Whatever. Start drinking this Jack and Coke, and it's only like two or three in the afternoon. I'm supposed to meet my dad later for dinner, and I don't know if I'm making that dinner at this point, but I'm sitting there and I'm listening to these conversations, and they're arguing about politics, and they're looking at the news, and music's playing, and the lady's still dancing. And at one point, food comes, and it's the best goddamn flat-top burger I think I've had in a really long time. I So, good call, man. Like, bartender was awesome. Well, the jukebox stops playing, and he walks over, and he goes, What do you think? I I don't know about the food, about the drink. I'm good. I don't need another drink. You've already given me half the bottle. He goes, No, what do you think? I don't know. He just keeps staring at me. It's super uncomfortable. I go. I don't know what you're asking, man. I'm I'm completely lost here. He goes, it's kind of quiet in here. Music stopped. Yeah, yeah. I guess it did. Here's five dollars. Go play something on the jukebox. What do y'all listen to in Wyoming? <laughs> oh God. So I go. Put the money in the jukebox. I'm just staring at the screen. I have no idea what's going on. One of the Navy guys gets up, walks over, and he says, Ah, just play some Johnny Cash. That'll make him feel happy. He doesn't know, know any better. So I start playing some Johnny Cash. We pick some good 80s songs, some 70s songs. And we start sitting around, and we're listening to this music, and the lady gets up, and she's dancing around. And and uh, I'm just watching it. I'm taking it all in. And I, Here's his bartender. He does a couple things, and he goes back. And it's the same glass and he always goes back to to polish. This is the cleanest damn glass in Washington, D.C., because he's always polishing that one glass. doesn't serve anybody with it, but he's always polishing that glass, and he's watching everything. Doesn't say much, but just watching. About halfway through the songs that I played, he comes over, and he goes, what do you think? I feel like, Jesus, man, I, I feel like I'm trapped. What do you mean, what do I think? <laughs> he goes, we need to keep playing some music, don't we? It's a good afternoon. I I guess so. Looks down the bar and looks at one of the guys and says, Hey, so-and-so, I think it's time for a shot. Yeah, hell, why not? We got a new girl here. Let's give her a shot. We took a shot of gin straight. I don't even know what the brand was, but I know it wasn't good. But we all took a shot of gin. And we toasted it, and everybody's like, Here's to good old Wyoming. Yep, here, cheers to Wyoming. Finish that, finish my drink. Hang out for a little bit longer and talk to these guys. And I look down, and I, I gotta stumble out of here. Thank y'all. Let me get my tab, hand him some cash. I run out the door. I go back to D.C. the next day. Do some research, do a few things. And I'm staying the night in D.C. this time, so I got time. And wouldn't you know it, I go looking for a different bar, and I end up in the same damn bar. Same crews in there, because I go in about the same time, and they're all fixed to the TV. They're watching everything about the Zimmerman trials, and they're arguing over it, and they're screaming, and of course, I sit down. Bartender just puts a Jack and Coke right in front of me, but thank God he put more Coke in it this time. Looks at me says, you hungry? Yeah, I could eat. You know, I'll do another burger. He's, you look like you're going to have tuna melt today. Thank God I like fish, because I was having the tuna melt. Coleslaw runniest coleslaw ever but it's pretty good. So we sit, next thing you know, what do you think? Well, I think it's kind of quiet in here. I should probably go play some music, huh? He says, you're getting along just fine, Miss Wyoming. All right, play the music, we hang out, we dance, talk with everybody. By the end of that day, I sat down and had the longest conversations with everybody and, and learned about the naval officers and their service, I learned about the, the lady and her umbrella, she's not quite all there, but she shows up every day and she drinks a little bit and then she just dances to the music and when the sun goes down she leaves. And it was the coziest, weirdest, most dive bar place ever. There is that bartender standing back there, polishing that damn glass the entire time. Didn't talk much, didn't really get into the conversations, but he'd acknowledge and he nod his head. So I stayed a couple more days in D.C., and I went back to that dive bar every day. And every day I ate a different meal. And every day I put $5 in the jukebox, and I sat there and I talked with those guys. And it's probably my favorite bar to this day, and still my favorite bartender. I have no idea what his name is. I never asked him to make a complicated drink, and he poured me way more gross gin than I have ever wanted in my life. I still don't like gin. But it was this crazy, wonderful experience. And it stuck with me because I had just, you know, been bartending myself, I'd been working as a server and a hostess, a bar back, bartender, and it it just, it struck me. And when I went home and I went back to work, instead of trying to be that really happy-go-lucky, like, hey, how can I help you? I'd walk up to people, ask them if they needed anything, But I wouldn't pressure them. I wouldn't stand and hover over them anymore. I'd just kind of sit back and I'd watch the world. And from that bartender, my favorite anonymous bartender, I learned to take in the bar scene and to watch what's happening around me. And I think because of him, I have all these wonderful stories. And I've witnessed things that I otherwise wouldn't have seen, except from just this guy who poured me these really tall Jack and Cokes, handed me $5 to put in the jukebox every day, Give a shot to Jim. They always ask me, what do you think? And it's it sticks with me. So, he's my favorite anonymous bartender. And definitely one of my favorite experiences as a customer and learning as a bartender going forward in my life. And this is just one of my stories that I have for you. One of many, I've, I've got so many different ones. And some of them are long, short, funny. They are what they are and you can take them or leave them as you want. But hopefully I've just taken a few minutes out of your day away from stress and all that other good stuff. If you have a story as a customer, as a bartender, bar back, whatever that you wanna share, go ahead, email it to me at anonymousbarstories at gmail.com. I'd be more than happy to read something aloud and, and talk about it. And I'm going to eventually get my website up and running again and we'll be able to have little forums where people can kind of post and comment on all this. But you can also check out The Anonymous Bartender on Instagram and Facebook. Just go and look up The Anonymous Bartender. Thanks, guys, for listening today. And I will have another great story for you next week. So cheers.